And one of the things I want to do in your homes is to pose a question, a riddle. Riddle me this, riddle me that. I have seas without water. I have forests without wood. I have deserts without sand. I have houses with no brick. What am I? The answer to that riddle is a map. The queen of Sheba traveled. She had to see for herself. She had to see for herself all that she had heard about Solomon, some 1,200 miles from modern-day Yemen all the way to Jerusalem, coming with gold and spices and precious stones. She heard of Solomon's reputation, and she had to hear for herself. It says in verse 1, when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with riddles and hard questions. She came to test him about questions about the meaning of life. The thing I love about the Queen of Sheba is that she was a truth seeker. Are you? Let's pray for that this morning, shall we? Father, I thank you for this scripture this morning in 1 Kings. I thank you for the Queen of Sheba, how she longed to know truth. And she went to great lengths to come and find out about truth. And on her journeys, and as she arrived in Jerusalem, she encountered you, the living God. And I pray that this morning for us as a family, for those who hear this teaching, that they will encounter you this morning, our living God, our loving Lord. In your beautiful and precious name, amen. She encountered a truth that left her breathless. It reminds me that for many of us, and all along our journey, that there are so many that are looking for truth. They're looking for real life. But they don't know where to find it. You see, somebody told the Queen of Sheba about Solomon. And I was reminded of Romans 10. How then can they call on the one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? Somebody told Sheba, will you tell people where they can find answers to their questions about life? Will you let them know who the person is, who the one is, and where they can have life, and that is Jesus. Are you a person who is telling the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Have you ever shared the good news with others about Jesus, and they kind of tilt their head, and, and they're a little bit skeptical? I've had many encounters like that. And the truth is, you get a little bit discouraged, you wonder and you, you, get, you get disappointed that they don't seem to understand who Jesus is and how much he loves them. I just want to tell you this morning, don't, don't be discouraged. 
Don't be discouraged when you're sharing the gospel of Jesus and people don't understand right away. Sheba was a classic skeptic. She didn't quite believe the reports she had heard. She was a healthy skeptic. And although she didn't believe everything that she heard, she was always open to believing in the truth. She brought challenges and questions and questions why and how does all this work out? She brought questions why in order to learn. She wanted to know more. She was seeking to gain understanding. And then as she sought truth, verse 6 and 7 says, And she said to the king, The report was true that I had heard in my own land. Your words and your wisdom. I did not believe the reports until I came and my own eyes had seen it. And behold, the half of it was not told to me. Your wisdom and your prosperity, they surpassed the report of all that I heard. Sooner or later, anybody who follows the example of Sheba will come to learn the truth about Jesus when they are looking for him and earnestly seeking. If you're like Sheba, if you're wise like her, we'll be curious enough to seek the answers that we're looking for. Is there a God? And if so, what, what is the meaning of life in the middle of all of this? We should be a people like Sheba who are committed to what is true. Let me remind you what the scriptures say about Jesus Christ as the king of all kings. Revelation 19 says this. Then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. The one sitting on it was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written on it, and it is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's what's true. She traveled over a thousand miles to find out if Solomon and his wisdom were all true. How far are you willing to go? to search out the, the longings of your heart. It is said of Jesus that he's the son of God and the savior of the world. According to the gospels, the good news, he died on the cross for the sins of the world. He rose again. And that everyone who believes upon him shall be saved eternal life with God forever. If that is true, then your life will be changed forever. Are you willing to find out like Sheba was? If you search out the Lord like this, and you come to the place where you meet Jesus and get to know him more, it'll leave you breathless overwhelmed with his amazing love.
You see, many skeptical men and women have approached the Lord with difficult questions only to discover the joy in finding out who Jesus really is. 1 John 5 says this, And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding. Why? So that we may know who is true. And we are in him who is true. In his Son, Jesus Christ, he is the true God and he is eternal life. All throughout the scriptures, we see people wrestling, who is God? Who is Jesus? It's okay to wrestle. It's okay to search out. We want to grow in our faith. We want to know him more. Job struggled with it, with God. And finally, he said in Job 42, I have heard of you by the hearing of my ear, but now my eyes, they see you, God. Thomas struggled in his belief in Jesus, but Jesus gently walked with Thomas, who we call Doubting Thomas. In John 20, it says this. Then he said to Thomas, Jesus did, Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, Thomas but believe. And then Thomas answered him, my Lord, my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet they have believed. We have many cases in our communities where we've seen people very skeptical of Jesus, of faith. Lee Strobel is one of those men. He was a reporter for a newspaper in Chicago, and he would say of God that God's a product of wishful thinking. Ancient mythology, primitive superstition. And he assumed that all the available evidence pointed that Jesus was just a human being. Nothing more. But here's what happened on his journey. His wife ended up falling in love with Jesus. And she was so changed by Jesus, how he had saved her, how he had changed her heart, that he decided, I'm going to do a full-out challenge on Christianity. I'm going to search this out as a newspaper reporter. I'm going to go to the ends of the earth and ask those theologians and all these people, who, what, where, when, and why? And I will disprove all of this. But after all of his challenges, after many years, he admitted the unthinkable. Jesus Christ is the Savior of God. And he became a beautiful believer in Jesus and can't shut up about the love of Jesus now. Tells people all over the world how he was transformed by the love of Jesus. He went searching like Sheba. 
Anyone who's willing to take a serious look at Jesus, Jesus who is the greater Solomon, they'll discover everything that they truly hope for and more. And do you understand the best way to look at Jesus is to read what the scriptures, what the Bible says about him, to get to know him more. John 20 says this, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written, here's why, can't miss this. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, that he is indeed the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. First John says this, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, we've looked at with our hands, we've touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life, Jesus. The life appeared and we have seen it, we testify to it. We proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard so that you may also have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We can be in relationship with the living God because of Jesus Christ. We can be in relationship with our Savior, Jesus, if we'll just surrender our hearts unto him. If we'll be like Sheba, searching out the longings of our heart and letting them be fulfilled completely in Jesus. Sheba went from unbelief, I think, to belief. And she ended up, as she encountered Solomon, she ended up honoring Solomon's wisdom, which is truly the wisdom of God. She praised his majesty, which is truly the majesty of God. Listen to verse 8 of chapter 10. Oh, how happy are your people. How happy your officials who stand before you. Verse 9, praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you, Solomon, and has placed you on the throne of Israel because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel. He has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. You see, she was giving praise to Solomon, but she's really worshiping the royal majesty of God himself and ultimately his son, Jesus, because Solomon is a type of Jesus Christ. She's worshiping the king of all kings. You know what, God delighted in Solomon, but he's so much more delighted in his son, Jesus. because he came to die on the cross for sins of the world, for you and me. And he rose again. And God is so delighted that now he can have relationship with humankind because of his son, Jesus. Sheba shows up, travels all that distance, and she brought extravagant gifts to the king. 
It reminds us of what the prophet said about the coming of our Savior in Isaiah 60. Nations will come to your light. They'll be drawn to your brightness of your dawn. Herds of camels will come to the land and all from Sheba will come to you. This is Isaiah 60. Bearing gold and frankincense, proclaiming the praise of the Lord. And remember when Jesus was born and the kings came, bearing frankincense and gold and camels came from a distance. All prophesied. Wonderful gifts only worthy of the king of kings. We give Jesus all of us. Our full heart surrendered to him, praising the Lord like Sheba did. And as Sheba gave praise to Solomon and really praise to his Lord, then there was blessing upon her. Verse 13, and King Solomon gave the queen of Sheba all that she desired, whatever she asked. Besides all of that that was given by the bounty of King Solomon, she turned and went back to her own land with all of her servants. You see, not just wonderful gifts from Solomon, but really I think what was given to her was the ultimate desire of her soul. Everything her soul desired. That's what God brings to you when you surrender unto our Lord Jesus, his son. All of his spiritual blessings upon you. Ultimate blessings in life and joy and hope that are in Christ. Entering into everlasting kingdom of our Lord, our God. You know what's wonderful about the scriptures? I am pretty sure we're going to meet Sheba in heaven someday, in eternity. Here's what Luke 11 says. The queen of the south, Sheba, she will rise at the judgment with the people of this generation and she will condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to listen to Solomon's wisdom. And now something greater than Solomon is here. Jesus is saying this in Luke 11. And I think what that's saying is we're without excuse, and especially you people of Israel. Sheba, a Gentile, she came all the way to find out about the wisdom about who this God was. To know God, but you know what, the Jews They would not listen to the prophets. Her example places a judgment on the people of Israel. Oh, how Jesus wept over the city because they would not receive him like Sheba had. They would not enter his rest, his blessings. Oh, if only they responded like Sheba and came to him to know him. Places judgment upon us as well. God keeps ministering to us. God keeps revealing himself to you and me. That you would have life in him. 
this gift of salvation, of eternal life, of joy, of hope, all in Jesus Christ will you receive the gift. The beauty of the truth overwhelmed the queen. And when the queen of Sheba, verse 4, saw all of the wisdom of Solomon, the palace, the food on the table, his attendants, his cupbearers, when she saw the burnt offerings made in the temple of the Lord, basically when she saw the worship unto the Lord, she was overwhelmed. She was breathless. I have another riddle for you. Riddle me this, riddle me that. What is God doing with this virus that came from a bat? Oh, I want to tell you that God is doing wonderful, redemptive things in this season of the coronavirus. God is showing up and revealing himself. You see, everything has been broken for so long. And now it is so real and in front of us. Eyes are being opened. We're seeing where our hope has been misplaced. Do you realize now, everybody in the world, in the world, has a common life situation? That's amazing to me. They have a common language. And everybody right now is looking for answers. Oh my goodness. What is God doing in the middle of all of this? My friend Jen said this, a door has been opened for us to speak true hope to people. A door has indeed been opened for us to speak true hope about the true King Jesus, who is the only answer to all of this. An opportunity to give wisdom on where we find real life. How beautiful is that? We have an opportunity to show people that there's an open door to come and meet the true king. Here's what Ephesians 5 says. I don't want you to miss this. Be very careful then how you live in these days, not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. The days are full of death and destruction and coronavirus. Because the days are evil, make the most of every opportunity, Ephesians says. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You see, there's opportunity all around us. Especially at the grocery store. As everybody is talking and wondering, how is this all going to play out? How will I survive through this? Go to the grocery store and share the good news of Jesus Christ. As a truth seeker, 
we find in our text today, oh, when we come to find the truth about God, about Jesus, it leaves us breathless. And then the next part of this text, starting in verse 14, we're going to see a truth that is revealed about gold. Let's listen to the text. The weight of the gold that Solomon received yearly was 666 talents, not including the revenues from merchants and traders and from all the Arabian kings and the governors of the territories. King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of gold went into each shield. He also made 300 small shields of hammered gold, with three minas of gold in each shield. The king put them in the palace of the forest of Lebanon. Then the king made a great throne, inlaid with ivory and overlaid with fine gold. The throne had six steps, and its back had a rounded top. On both sides of the seat were armrests, with a lion standing beside each of them. Twelve lions stood on the six steps, one at either end of each step. Nothing like it had ever been made for any other kingdom. All King Solomon's goblets were gold, and all the household articles in the palace of the forest of Lebanon were pure gold. Nothing was made of silver, because silver was considered of little value in Solomon's days. The king had a fleet of trading ships at sea along with the ships of Hiram. Once every three years it returned, carrying gold, silver and ivory, and apes and baboons. King Solomon was greater in riches and wisdom than all the other kings of the earth. The whole world sought audience with Solomon to hear the wisdom God had put in his heart. As the text transitions into verse 14, everything is good in the kingdom. It's a powerful nation. The economy is unbelievable. It really is the golden years of Israel. But all of that is about to change. There is a truth about gold. Let me tell you a story. The year was 1859 in Titusville, Pennsylvania. Prospector Edwin Drake, he developed this iron pipe that would be driven by a steam engine. They called it Drake's Folly until he struck black gold, pumping out 25 barrels a day, which was unbelievable in the time. And thus began the liquid gold rush. Titusville was overwhelmed with people looking for fortune. People were making fortunes and as quickly as they were actually losing everything and ending up in ruins. Drake himself ended up losing everything and he wandered the street for years in his tattered coat. The man who rose and fell most quickly was a man by the name of Henry Rouse. Finally, one day, Henry saw oil gushing from his well and he was so excited about it that he grabbed a big fat cigar and he lit it and I'll let you understand what happened next. If you saw the movie Zoolander, you know a great explosion like that happened next. 
It lit it on fire and the, the whole oil well went up in flames and Henry also caught flame. In the middle of being on fire, he grabbed his wallet and threw it out in the distance and his wallet was saved with his money in that, but he perished. In the Latin, there is a saying that I think is so fitting to this. The Latin saying is, Seek, transit, gloria, mundi. Thus passes the glory of the world. Chapter 10 is a high watermark of Israel's king. All that was showing the glory before we would ever see the coming of Christ, which was the ultimate glory. And the key word in verses 14 through 29 is gold. It's all gold. The problem is, once Solomon added the letter L to God's name, he lost his focus. Once he changed his worship, he became misdirected. You see, he was worshiping God, and then he added an L to his name, and his focus became on gold. And the author of 1 Kings is making very clear that the splendid glories of the kingdom were there, but also incredible warnings when there's so much abundance and gold. We must be reminded that earthly glory will indeed pass away. And it's very easy for us. Very easy for us and for gold, earthly riches to truly become our God. All this gold was weighed out, 666 talents. I don't know by the number if that's saying that's evil. That was probably monies that just came in from, from re revenue, from tax revenue. It was literally hundreds of millions of dollars, if not a billion. And then he received gold, Solomon did, from his trade. And his throne was made of ivory. The lions were the emblem of Judah. Solomon had a, a fleet of ships. He had exotic animals, everything of abundance and abundance and abundance. But you know what? There is that which is more valuable than gold. I'll give you a hint. It starts with a C. C-H. You guessed it. Charmin. Charmin is more valuable than gold. That's what's going on today. Everybody is out. There is no more toilet paper. Everybody's searching for it. But the scriptures say, indeed, there is that which is more valuable than gold. Proverbs 16, how much better to get wisdom than gold. Psalm 19, the word of God is more valuable than gold. 
1 Peter 1, our faith in Christ is more valuable than gold. You see, Jesus Christ is the treasure of treasures. Gold can't satisfy our soul. Earthly gold cannot comfort us. Earthly gold cannot forgive us. It cannot save us. There's incredible limitations of our wealth. And I think the scriptures this morning give us a guarding to guard our hearts. When we truly are entering a place where we're bowing down to worship things that money can buy for us. We're finding our comfort and security in things that we can buy. This is how I will make it through the virus. But it all fades away. We see later in 1 Kings 14, Shishak, who's the king of Egypt, comes and takes everything out of the house of the Lord, out of Solomon's palace, all the golden shields, and he takes them back to Egypt. Solomon's life, what faded away, was his relationship with the living God. His eyes were not fixed on God, but on gold. His love of possessions, dependence upon such things. Augustine said this, the love of possessions is sort of a trap which entangles the soul and prevents it from flying to God. King Solomon kept accumulating more and more. Well, how much is too much? Well, I think for Solomon, somewhere between his first and 500th golden shield. He ended up with a desire to hoard. It was taking control of his heart and his life. And we're seeing in culture today this desire to hoard. Let us be a people who are giving and taking what we we gather and, and, and passing it out so that people can have what they need. Let us love our community, not by hoarding, but by giving away. Solomon was putting his trust in gold. Riddle me this, riddle me that. What is God doing with this virus from a bat? What's he doing in the middle of all of this? He's opening our eyes to see. He's challenging our hearts. When we're seeking security in things of this world, which are fleeting like gold. When we're putting all of our trust in our health, in our money, in our jobs, those are being stripped away. When we're putting faith in our insurance plans, and the reality is the insurance plans don't even cover this. We are trying to maintain control. Just like Solomon was trying to maintain control with great military power. 
We want to stay in power. We want to stay in control of all of this. And the Lord is opening our eyes to see where we can find true security. Hopefully our eyes are open to real hope, to real security. And that's to only be found in Jesus Christ. Are you a truth seeker? Are you seeking truth in the middle of this coronavirus? May we find real hope, real peace, real comfort, and security in Jesus Christ and in him alone. When you seek him, like Sheba did, you will find him. And you will discover that he is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And that the only way that we can have relationship with the Father is through the Son, Jesus Christ. That is the gift that is offered to each of us. This is where we have true life in the middle of this coronavirus. This is where we find all of our answers. A wonderful gift that is more precious than gold, Jesus. May his beautiful, amazing grace upon you leave you breathless. Let's pray.